Do you crave meaningful conversations with people of different backgrounds and perspectives? Do you admire certain people from afar but wish you can get to know them on a deeper level? Thankfully, we live in an incredible age where long-form conversation allows us to connect with those who inspire us beyond the often manufactured sound bites, small talk, and social media posts we are bombarded with on a daily basis. This is a podcast that seeks to provide you, our listeners, with refreshing content from a variety of inspiring guests, a place where we can truly hear their stories. I'm Karen Corin, and welcome to Soul Sessions with KK. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 13 of Soul Sessions with KK. I'm your host, Karen Corin, and my next guest will inspire you to rock the vote. Linda from Torah from Sinai is talking to me about the importance of voting at the World Zionist Congress. And not just voting, but educating us about the importance of voting for Slate 11 specifically. Voting is going on now till March 11th, so make sure you listen to this episode and then go on TorahFromSinai.com to cast your vote. There is so much to learn from Linda that I'm going to just stop talking and hand the mic over to her. Hello, everybody. I'm here with the wonderful Linda Sadaka. And Linda has been a passionate political advocate for Israel and world Jewry since the age of 19. Is that right, Linda? It is. That's accurate. So, Linda, I'm just going to give the microphone over to you. Please tell the audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. Sure. So, as you mentioned, I've been an advocate and an activist since I'm 19 years old. I actually began when my brother's best friend's brother was abducted uh, by Hamas. He was a lone soldier, and he was abducted, and it turned out that he was killed execution style. That propelled me into activism, political activism. Um, so I was very involved in political activism for like a good few years. Then I became from, I, I didn't know anything about, you know, I was more of a traditional Jew. And once I became from, I knew, I found out about Chesed and I kind of like, you know, ended up doing the political and the Chesed together intertwined. Cause really, if you have the political background and you put the Chesed in as well, if you mix it up, it just becomes stronger because you can use your, you know, your skills from the activism and your connections and you just can do so much more. So I've become uh, an advocate for the global Jewish community in general ever since then. I've taken a hiatus here and there to raise my kids, but more or less, um, you know, I've, wow. I've been busy then. Yeah. That's incredible. This campaign, which is, yeah, what you brought me on for. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about the campaign? So there's the World Zionist Congress is holding elections in, I feel like two weeks, right? Oh, it's now. It's current. Yeah, but it's ending in two weeks. It's right Very- now. On the, yeah, it's current. It's real time now. And it ends the uh, the 11th of March, oh, wow. uh, which is very soon. And uh, we really, really need to engage. People must vote because this is a very, very serious election. People don't realize exactly what's at stake. But um, there's like literally $5 billion, a billion dollars annually is allocated to the um, those slates that basically get the most delegates. 
Oh, wow. So it doesn't work like like regular elections, like what you know of in the United States where you're voting a person. You're right. actually voting slates, which is ideologies. And it's important for people to know that five years ago, the ideology that won is the extreme extreme progressive left, the ideology that would really be in sync with Ilhan Omar, Linda Sarsour, AOC, and people of that ilk. Um, it's the people that are pro-BDS, the people that paint Israel in an apartheid narrative. It's the people that, um, that basically vilify our beloved IDF soldiers. So it's like really not okay that basically the funds that were meant to help the Jewish community as a whole is actually used against us. It's used to destroy us as a nation, as a people. So basically, these people, if this slate were to win again, and we would have 10 years consecutive of the extreme left, um, you know, um, holding the agenda and the funds, essentially what would happen is that the World Zionist Congress would become the anti-World Zionist Congress, which is not what it was meant uh, to be when Theodore Herzl established it in uh, the 1800s. It's like mind boggling to hear that. It is. It's mind-blowing. Mind -boggling. I about it myself. I'm I when, like you you just uh, just described to your audience that I have been a um a activist since I'm 19 and I did not know about these elections. And meanwhile, this is like the parliament of the Jewish people. It's a democracy like any other outside of Israel. It's the biggest democracy that holds uh so many Jewish people. It's it's crazy that actually the money is being used against us, but that's what's happened five, for the past five years. And if you see that the J Street people and the Patellan people and the, the, the Peace Now activists, all those groups have been emboldened in the past five years, well, now you know why. It's because they've had close to a billion dollars in funds annually. It's oh my crazy. God. I didn't realize it was because of the World Zionist Congress elections. I had no idea. So. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. That's like really, really important. Um, why do you think that that was a trend in the last five years? Why do you think that the okay. progressive left got all those votes? Like, why? Why is this happening? Well, I, like I said, I didn't know about it. Karen, you didn't know about it. Anyone that I've spoken to outside of, you know, um, now working on this election knew nothing about it. So basically, it's like the best kept secret in the Jewish world. So who knew about it? It seems like only the extreme left knew about it. And those of us to the moderate, to the right, nobody knew about it. So how did you want them to vote if they didn't know about it? That's how we lost. That's crazy. So why, do, why is it that the progressive left has so much marketing and PR and all of that to vote for this Congress while we didn't hear about it? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I found out actually this past week a very good friend of mine who's uh, like a source that I can't reveal on air, but um, she told me that this past Shabbos, the reform movement had a, held a bunch of vote parties on Shabbos, and on Shabbos they basically pummeled people with wine and drinks, and then they had a voting party, but each event held a thousand people, so they had about six of these events, and voila, 6,000 votes. Oh my God. Wow. Well, I know in my community, we are really trying to get people to vote and raise the importance of the World Zionist Congress that's going on right now. Um, which, which, I'm sorry, which community is that? I don't I'm, think. 
Yeah, I'm from the Mashadi Jewish community, and in our synagogue, we are holding the elections where we're basically there are people in the shuls who are encouraging people to get their phones and go online. So, can you tell a little bit? Can you tell the process to the audience? Like, what do, do what do we know? The process is literally, it's a 90-second process. You go on poorfromsinai.com, and there's a button, there's like a link that says uh, vote here. You click on that vote button, and it's going to take you to register. You basically, it's like a two-minute thing. You fill out the required information. You get step two is a verification, which is you retrieve your ver verification number through email or text, whichever way you chose. Uh, step three is you pay a very small fee. It cannot be more than $7.50. Uh, it's, it's $5 if you're 18 to 25, and if you're over 25, it's $7.50. And step four is you enter your PIN code, and you pick your slate. That's it. It's literally 90 seconds. It's actually easier than online shopping. It really is. <laughs> and it's secure. It really is. I mean, I'm an online shopper. I like, I'm a busy, you know, I'm a busy mother and I, and I work, I'm an activist and whatever. So I do a lot of, a lot of online shopping and I could tell you this is easier than my online shopping. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. So you go on tour from Sinai.com and you go to vote here and you register and it takes less than five minutes, you said. Yeah, yeah. It's less than, I mean, it's, I mean, I timed it. For me, it was 90 seconds in total. But, uh, you know, give or take, it could, you know, if someone's a little bit confused, it may take a couple of minutes more, but not much more. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, you're doing a really, you're doing a substantially good cause. This is a mitzvah, because this is a pikuach nefesh situation. This is urgent. We cannot allow the other side to win again. We, we, we just can't. We can't afford it. Being the climate that we're in, the way that anti-Semitism has unfortunately exploded, not just, you know, in Europe. I mean, it used to be just in France, in Europe, in parts, in Germany, in certain parts, you'd say, oh, my God, it's so awful what's going on. But here in New York, the Rottenberg School, the New Jersey uh, market, you know, uh, Poway, all these different places. I mean, we have seen an explosion of anti-Semitism. Just look at the Democratic Party. It's they mainstream anti-Semitism. It's become acceptable wherever you go. People are literally afraid to walk in the streets of Manhattan with a kippah. It's, yeah. it's not normal. This is so we could do good things with this money. And what, you know what? It's meant for that. So hopefully, with God's help, we will, uh, we will win and we'll do amazing things with that. Amen. So, Linda, I mean, every other political group thinks like they have Israel's best interests in mind. What makes Slate 11 different from the other slates? I mean, especially the ones that have similar uh, views. You know, yes, yeah, right. so that's a great question. I'm so happy that you asked that. So let's let's take it. You know, let's chew this one bit at a time. Okay. There, first of all, all the slates to the right are great. They're all good, really. None of them are bad. They all mean well. They all probably want to do the best that they can. However, we have to do things very strategically because this is an urgent situation. So it's important, first of all, for people to understand exactly how the election works, okay? So I'm going to break it down to you. It's not easy. Okay, <laughs> it's great. very tedious. And but and but you gotta follow me on this because there's a rhyme there's there's reason to this to this rhyme that I'm gonna give you now. So first of all, you need to know that we begin with 66 delegates, okay? Which is 
which is incredible because it gives us a, a boost. You know, nobody on the right can say that. Some of them start with one delegate, some start with none, one starts with seven, but nobody starts with 66 delegates. So the way that the election, that the WZC works is that there are important committees and non-important committees in Israel where they decide where the, the billions and, and millions of dollars gets allocated, where they decide what the agenda is that they will give funds to, what they should, you know, discuss, what they should do. It's that's how it works. It's in Israel that these committees are. So basically, depending on how many delegates you have, you sit on either important committees or non-important committees, and you can either have one vote or many votes. But of course, you're not the only person there that's voting. So there are others that are there that are to the extreme left outside of the reform arts movement who's running in the WZC. You have Cajol de la Van and all these other extreme, you know, just like we have a, a problem with extreme leftists here in the United States and there's an extreme leftist problem in parts of Europe and in Canada, it, it exists very much so in Israel as well. So basically the extreme left that won and got 49 delegates last time, even though we have more delegates, they had enough important people that they aligned themselves with in those very important committees, because 49 delegates gave them, you know, good spots and important committees with, you know, a lot of funding and, and important agendas that they were able to discuss. And they outvoted us simply because of the fact that they were aligned with those other extreme leftists. So now we start off with 66 delegates. If we get, you know, let's say 10 delegates now in this election, that brings us up to 76 delegates, and then we can outvote them. We cancel out their vote. But now what happens when we're fragmenting and fractioning all these, um, all the voting? Because there's a million, not a million, but there's like 10 different slates on the right. right. So you're diminishing the power that we have. You're not helping. You're actually throwing the votes out. Because, okay, let's say you give somebody two delegates because they have none. They start with nothing. You're giving them two delegates. Where are they going to go with that? They're going to go on the unimportant committees. There's no, there's nothing important going on there. No funding. It's not important agenda discussion. And they get one vote in a committee. They're not going to even be able to accomplish anything in the unimportant committee. It doesn't make sense. Then you have, let's say, some. Uh, there's one that has seven delegates. I don't know how much they're hoping to pick up. But frankly, even if they were to pick up ten, twelve, let's say, at the very most. Where are they going to end up? Still in the unimportant committees. Right. And still they are not going to be able to cancel out the vote of those that are, you know, on the extreme left. If we were not so fragmented on the right, which, by the way, is something that the extreme left understood, because the extreme left, what they did uh, five years ago is they took seven different slates and put them under one banner. And that's how they beat us. Oh, and they ha and and now they have ten different slates under one banner. And here on the right, we didn't understand unity. We didn't get the actus. What are we doing? We're fighting each other instead of like banding together and saying, you know what? We should just we just have to get rid of these people because it's pikuach nefesh. We have to make sure they don't win. We should just all vote under ZOA, uh, the the ZOA coalition, the Torah from Sinai coalition. We just should all vote under that. So we get rid of these people, and then okay, in five years from now, you know, we'll divide it up. No, instead we're fighting with each other, and we may not win. God forbid. It's a disaster. It really is. It's it's it breaks my heart because I came into this 
three months ago when the slates were all already made. There's no way to, um, to, to have the unity now. It should have been done like a year ago. Now it's just, it is what it is. And I'm hoping that people will realize that it's nonsense to throw their votes out in all the different, uh, you know, all the other fragmented slates. That's, so what I'm trying to understand here, what you're telling me, is that the left is much more consolidated and much more unified yeah. than all of us slates on the right. Exactly. There's mm -hmm. so many more of us, different slates, and there's less delegates with the other right-wing slates. Am I, getting, am I being correct right now? Exactly. So what you're saying is that to vote for the ZOA slash tour from Sinai slate, slate 11, would consolidate all the votes and make it stronger. Yep. Wow. So why do you think that is? Why are we on the right? One thing, I'm sorry, before I, before you move on to the next, if you don't mind, uh, I yeah, want to introduce this. The Torah from Sinai is the lead coalition of the ZOA. So if you go under the AZM website and you look at ZOA, it's going to say ZOA slash Torah from Sinai. We had to fight very hard to get the word Torah in there because unfortunately many people on the right think of Torah, the word Torah, and, and just being like uh, from Jew as a pariah, as a bad thing. And we were like, no, this is going to help you. This is not going to hurt you. This is definitely going to help you. So why is it very important for people to not just, just go straight to the AZM website, but to vote through our uh, website, through Torah from Sinai, because we inject that religion in there. We inject the, um, the like, basically, if they get enough votes from our end, you're voting for us, but you're also voting for ZOA. So you're voting, it's like a two-in-one. You're saying religion's important, plus, you know, we know that you guys have the 66 delegates, so, you know, we're, we're doing this two-in-one uh, you know, uh, a voting process, which really it's, yeah. So basically we are very strong on Jewish continuity. We believe in perpetuating Ju Judaism because after all, if you don't perpetuate Judaism and there's no Jewish continuity, what are you fighting for? I mean, basically what, like one of the things that's on the table in Israel, unfortunately right now is that on the left, they want to secularize Israel. They want to make it secular. Right. You know, Hello, Israel. That, that's crazy. God gave us Israel, and they want to make it secular. Let me tell you something. If you take religion out of Israel, do you know what happens? You lose Israel. Because very fast, you will find that you don't have a claim for Israel. What's our claim? Our claim is that God gave it to us. You, you Karen, understand this as a person who is, you know, always talking about the parasha, and you're a very firm girl. If you cannot stand strong on that point, you lose it. And what happens when you lose it? The Palestinians take over. And what happens when the Palestinians take over, God forbid, Khalila? You don't have an Israel. And the Jews, not only in Israel, are at stake, but the Jews across the globe are at stake. Because believe me, we are all guests in all these countries, wherever we are, in Europe, in America, in Canada, wherever we are, we are guests. So, Linda, I'm seeing that this is a really dire situation, and we need to get the votes going. But I wanted to ask you, there's... You, you just said so much, like my mind's going in like 50 million directions, but I want to make sure I ask you this question first. So you just reminded me that, you know, historically many secular and ultra Orthodox Jews have always seen Torah Judaism and Zionism 
as ideologies that are at odds with each other. So like, of course, there are those who have successfully fused the two worldviews, like, you know, the religious Zionists, but I'm talking about those who still reject the notion that Torah Judaism and Zionism go hand in hand. So how do you reconcile their differences with this point of view, your point of view? How do you create unity and find common ground between these two groups? Shas, who originally would not have been able to partake in the WZC elections because they wouldn't consider themselves a Zionist, actually threw that out the window and decided to become uh, like uh, viewed as a Zionist party so they could be part of the WZC elections, just like they reconciled it. I mean, I think it, it's like time for us all to just realize either you're going to take part in something, you know, and you're going to gain the benefits or you're going to, you know, just not take part and then, and then it just can go to hell in a handbasket, you know, because if we don't take part in this, then what happens? The other side gets $5 billion to destroy us. We get no say in the World Zionist Congress. Is that the answer? You know, you have to be a pragmatist. And at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, you just, you, I mean, I listen, I'm, I'm an Orthodox Jew, but I'm, I'm a hardcore Zionist too. So for me, it's, right. it's not an issue. I think this might be more of an issue maybe for like, Summer or people like that, but I, I mean, I don't think these those people, unfortunately, are going to be uh, voting in this election in any case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. It, it, it would be, you know, useless to try to get their votes. You're saying? Oh, it's, I think it's completely useless. I mean, we have to focus on those who love Israel, who are Zionistic, who are maybe more modern Orthodox. Uh, you know, are people who, who will take part in this without hesitation. Mm-hmm. And it's bad enough that we're fragmented with all the different slates and so we don't have yeah. unity. Uh, it's yeah. bad enough. Yeah. You know, I think we have to focus on those that we know we can easily get. You know, for me, if I wasn't involved in this campaign, I love Israel. So for me, like, you tell me, Linda, pay $7.50 to protect Israel from being run by the extreme leftists. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, where do I sign? You know, like, what <laughs> right? Give me another ten of these, and I'll and I'll throw it out to another ten people. Like, I would just, you know, I would give my heart and soul to it because what's the question? This is God's mission. This is like a holy war, you know? Right, right. I mean, okay, you give you, every time you speak, I'm like, oh my god, I have so many questions for you. So another question I have is that you mentioned that we're so fragmented on the right. We are. Why is that? Why are we so fragmented on the right? When you know, what can I tell you? Well, they're, they're, look, the reality is, and I, and I hate to say this, but our side just we we just we don't we don't have unity. We just don't. It, it's so sad because if we did, you know, we we could win this so easily, so easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the one. Number two, there is an ego thing. You know, people yeah. like. To that they're a part of a slate and 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 like to uh, puff themselves up and you know and 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 puff themselves up like like feather themselves up. Right. But at the end of the day, what good does that do? Like I mean, there's people that are never going to give up. I mean, until like they just don't get enough seats to run in the WCC for the next election. But like, if you were to come and tell them, hey, listen, so and so, you know, your slate's not going anywhere. You know that you're just taking away from the others. Like, would they throw in the towel? Probably not. It's an ego thing. Then you have others that are like very 
uh, exclusive, and I'm not going to point fingers or name names. If you figure it out, you figure it out. But, you know, like we're Orthodox, for example, okay? Our team, we are all Orthodox. I'm Orthodox. But we're inclusive. So what I mean to say by that is that you can literally, like, you know, wear pants, you know, and keep kosher, or you can have a piercing in your nose. I, I couldn't care less. If right. you believe in our six points, which is confront anti-Semitism, which is um, Israel needs to maintain its Jewish identity, which is that we believe in perpetuating Judaism, which we believe in exposing BDS, uh, we believe in instilling Jewish pride, and we believe that Israel is the homeland of the Jewish people. If you believe in those six points, I really don't care, you know, in yeah. terms of your observance, then vote this late. We're not exclusive because we believe very much so that just like when, when Hashem gave us the Torah, we were unified, we should be unified to protect the Torah and Israel. Wow. Wow. I to be part of your crew. <laughs> this is awesome. This is really awesome. I mean, awesome. look, we're approaching Passover, and, you know, every generation, we say, in every generation, we say that they stand ready to annihilate us and that we have to, you know, come together to protect you know, the nation and statehood and the people. So it's it's really no different now. This is, we are facing a danger right now. We're at the cusp of a very, like, it's a watershed moment. So the only way to do it is to unify. I wish we didn't have these fragments, but it is what it is. And now we just have to convince people that it doesn't make sense to vote anywhere else. Like, I keep hearing from people, oh, it doesn't matter. Just vote anywhere to the right as long as you're not voting to the left. No, it matters. I think I explained that to you just a few minutes ago, why it matters so much, you know? Yeah, exactly. This is really important. People don't realize that. As you said, they think that if they vote for any um, this place in the right, then their vote is good to go. But you actually explained it so thoroughly. It actually hurts because... Yeah, what, what is the point, you know, of, of giving one slate a delegate? What are they going to do with that? What power will they have? Listen, it's a known fact. The broader the coalition, the more power you have. It's an old adage, and it's an adage for a reason, you know? For sure, for sure. What are some other things we can do as American Jews to ensure that we maintain a strong bond between America and Israel. Or is this like you broke up like a little bit? Can you repeat that question? I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear oh, I'm you. I'm so sorry. Okay, so what are some other things we can do as American Jews yeah. to ensure that we maintain a strong bond between America and Israel? Besides well, making by the way, this, this is what this is. This is a referendum. This election is a referendum on where the Jews in the diaspora stand. And, by the way, when the Artsa people, when the Reform Movement, the J Street people, the B'Tselem people, people, they say, guys, we want to make sure that Israel is going to be more sympathetic to the Palestinians. We want to make sure that we're going to give up land um, and concessions to Palestinians. We want to make sure that the religious right doesn't have all the say in Israel. Therefore, guys, we have to, you know, we really have to galvanize and get the vote out so we show them where American Jews really stand. But the fact of the matter is, I believe, you know, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I believe that the from Jews are the fastest growing. The reformed Jews are dying. They're a dinosaur. They really are. I mean, think about it. You know, in the reform movement, they don't have the the the, the 
family doesn't end up continuing and perpetuating Judaism. So they end up dying out. They either assimilate mm-hmm. or, if they're very lucky, they come to religion. You know, they, they end up doing teshuva. But it's more likely not going to happen that way. It's usually that they assimilate and they get lost. Whereas by us, Baruch Hashem, you know, we grow and, and, and our kids continue on the path and so forth and so on. Even with the off the derech situation, even with all of that, we are growing. We're a growing population. I mean, I even remember growing up in, in my uh, hometown in Montreal, there were so many people who were not from, who today are from, and now their kids are from. So we're growing and we should have a say, but our voice is being stifled in this election, which is unacceptable. And we cannot have that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you mentioned that the from vote, the from vote, isn't as strong as, let's say, the reform vote. Well, it's because um, of unity, it's the lack of unity, really. You know, because yeah, if, if we all had one, like if we did what they did, which is have, like, let's say, all our, you know, slate one through thirteen under one slate, you know, or even slate one through ten under one slate, and then we're just, like, fighting, like, two other slates on the right, we, we, we do very well. But right now, so many people are confused. They're also confused because, like, a lot of communities are saying, vote slate one or slate two or slate three yeah. or slate four. You know, when you tell people vote one, slate one, two, three, four, you're telling them nothing. You're essentially yeah. telling them nothing. You're confusing them. Whereas if you come out and say, you, you know what, guys, it makes the most sense, to empower the one slate that can actually make a difference, vote Slate 11, vote the lead coalition of the ZOA, Torah from Sinai, because they're the religious part of the slate, vote like that. Then you're telling them something. Then you galvanize people. But like this, you're just confusing them, and a lot of people just opt out. Mm-hmm. Linda, I have a question for you. I mean, some are people that are hardcore Zionists, and they're not necessarily religious, and they don't believe that's fine. The religious aspect of right. They believe Zionism. in perpetuating Judaism, I'm sure. You know, because right. without Judaism, there's nothing to you. If you don't have Jews, then you have nothing to fight for. You don't even have an Israel. Because, like we said a few moments ago, you know, if God forbid Israel were to be a secular state, I mean, we'd lose Israel very quickly to the Palestinians. Because at the end of the day, what people have to realize is that those on the left would much rather. I'm talking about those Jews on the left who are extreme left, would much rather side with the Palestinians than um, than side with the from Jews. And so essentially what would end up happening is within a short period of time, we would lose Israel. I mean, you see who just came with Abbas to, uh, to, um, to speak against Trump. It was a watershed moment. It just happened this past week or a week ago. That's the left with the Palestinians. They'd rather side with them who are pillars of Jews, then side with us because we have the Torah. It's crazy. They're, they're, they're legit delusional, but that's what it's come to, you know? So it doesn't really matter if you're not a fun person. If you believe in, you know, Israel maintaining its Jewish character, perpetuating Judaism, which doesn't even necessarily mean, you know, uh, religious. Yeah, it doesn't mean religious. It just it just means the basics, right. which we need to survive. For sure, for sure. So, I mean, how can Jews in the diaspora feel connected to Israel when they don't 
like when they don't live in Israel, when they feel most at home where they live. How can you feel connected to Israel, like especially for someone like me? I haven't been to Israel for so long, and I have a lot of family there. What are some ways that we can feel connected to Israel? I mean, listen, that's a personal question. Each person has to take it upon themselves to figure it out. But being being a part of Israel, I mean, you know that we're so connected because, God forbid, when something bad happens in Israel, I mean, don't doesn't a part of you just, like, it, it yeah. pains you? Yeah, of like, course. It really pains you, right? Yeah. So you're connected by praying for your fellow Jews, you know? Yeah. Picking up the Tehillim and just praying for the safety of our IDF who put themselves in harm's way all the time. Not just for the Jews in Israel, but for the Jews here in America as well. So that if God forbid something were to happen, we have where to go. Look what's going on in France. In France, you see people are leaving, they're doing Aliyah by the hundreds. And I know this because I've been in touch with French Jews to help them with different situations. And I'm telling you, like, they have somewhere to go. If we yeah. didn't have Israel, you know, God forbid, and the Goyim rise against us, which you could see happening. I mean, we are really reliving the 1930s right now. This is where we're at. But the fact, that, the fact is that back then we didn't have Israel, and so we had nowhere to go. And so people ended up, unfortunately, you know, losing their lives to anti-Semitism, to Jew hatred. But today we have Israel, and we have to stand strong and 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 fight for Israel to maintain, sure. you know, to maintain its 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 life as the state of Israel, yeah, as a, as a state for the Jewish people that God gave us. For sure. I mean, what's interesting to know is that I feel that people are connected to Israel when something bad is happening, right? So. I feel a sense of unity amongst my Jewish brethren when there's an anti-Semitic And I want, that's what makes me connect more to my fellow Jews, right? And when, God forbid, there's like um, a rocket that's being thrown in Israel, that's when I'm feeling connected to Israel, right? You know, I put the app on where I like, I get an alert every time there's a rocket. Right. But... I think other ways that maybe we can feel connected to Israel, besides the times when, like, there's tragedy, God forbid, or there's, there's hard times, is that we can purchase Israeli products, right? We oh, yeah. support Israel by donating well, to Israel and all of these other things. You know, it's funny you say that because one of the main things that the left is very strong on is BDS, is boycott, divest, yeah. sanctions. And obviously, we're opposed to that. We're diametrically opposed to that. Exactly. So, so the exactly. fact of the matter is that when you're voting through our coalition, what you're saying is that you're opposed to that, and that you economically stand with Israel, not just, you know, not not standing by Israel just the other ways, but obviously that as well. Yeah, for sure. And like, we know that BDS out of my way actually to buy. Israeli products, <laughs> you know, oh I will go yeah. way, and I will even pay a little bit more, you know, because that's my way of supporting Israel. Exactly. Everything exactly. else. But unfortunately, you know, BDS, it's disguised as this like quote unquote woke student fighting tool to harm Israel. But we also know that boycotting Israeli innovation, technology, and medicine will actually cause more harm 
to civilized nations that currently benefit from it than it would harm Israel. Um, but what's not commonly spoken about is how BDS is actually harmful to the Palestinian people. Very much so. So can you elaborate on that? Like why it's harmful to the actual Palestinian people? Well, so for example, you could see with SodaStream when they were taken to task um, and they had to shut down uh, a factory who, who lost their jobs. It was Palestinians, the majority. So it's it's really it's funny because these people would they, I don't know I I think it's maybe their ignorance perhaps or perhaps they don't care about their own people and so they even will hurt us even while they're hurting their own people so long as they hurt us you know really which is bad. something I the mayor said something like you know the Palestinians will whatever when they start when they start loving their own children because you see like they'll put them in the line of fire like who does that to your own child. You know, you don't put your child in the line of fire. So when you start loving your children more than you hate your enemy, we'll get somewhere, you know? Wow. Wow. I mean, there are people out there that say, no, there are good Palestinian people, which there are, of course. Of course. Um, So how would you bring up the subject with them in a sensitive manner? I mean, they are people too, and they do have the right to exist, and do they do have a right? A lot of Palestinians really are very pro-Israel, but you don't hear about those people because those people are too scared to speak. Because God forbid, if they were to speak or collaborate, you know, with the evil Israelis, uh, then they're going to suffer for it. So they have to be super cautious about what they say and. Essentially, the people that are the loudest are not necessarily the majority, but, you know, that's who you hear. Yeah, for sure. And, Linda, I want to ask you one more question because I know, like, time is almost running out. But, you know, the enemies of Israel, they invest an enormous amount of energy, money, resources into spreading anti-Zionist propaganda. Mm -hmm. They do this around, as you know, Anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism, though. You know, it really is. They just portray it as anti-Zionism, but at the core of it, it's just Jew hatred, plain and simple. Okay, so, I mean, what then would you say to those who claim that anti-Zionism is not the same as anti-Semitism? Of course it is. Because they'll they'll say, like, Israel's not the victim. Israel's, like, this big, bad, like, Goliath, you know? No, Israel's not the Goliath. The fact of the matter is, I mean, and this is this would be like a whole other show to go yeah, into. Exactly. It's I know. Much, so much more elaborate than a two second than a two point uh, answer. Two point um, answer. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that um, they're just pulling out the same garbage propaganda that Goebbels uh, did in uh, in Nazi Germany. I mean, this is just yeah. a way to paint Jews as you know, to vilify us and, and to de- dehumanize us by saying that it's anti-Zionism, but it has nothing to do with Judaism. And you know what? Just go to the campuses, any campus across the globe, and ask the poor Jewish students how they feel about it, because they've been dehumanized and vilified so badly through the way that the Palestinians and the Palestinian kids on campus paint Israel that the Jews cannot walk freely. So let me ask you, if it was really just, you know, an Israel thing, then why is a random Jew in France 
targeted? Why is a random Jew in America on a campus targeted? Right. You know, there, then there should be no correlation, but but that never is the case. So that goes to show that it's really just unabashed Jew hatred. It's, it's frightening. It's actually really frightening. Yeah. Frightening. And we could turn the trend. You know, we're always complaining. You always hear people complain and, and, and say, oh, my God, things are so bad. I wish I could do something about it. Well, guys, you can do something about it today. You can vote the lead coalition of the ZOA, 12thFromSinai.com, vote Slate 11, and you can have an impact for the next five years. We're always complaining, and yet now we could do something. But the fact of the matter is, so many people on our side are apathetic. They are apathetic, and they're too busy thinking of the next, you know, latte or the vacation or the shopping. You know, we have to, like, put that aside, wake up, and smell what's going on around us. We are really living, we are reliving the 1930s. We need to wake up and take things seriously before it's, like, at a point of no return. Wow. <laughs> um, so would you say voting for the ZOA slash tour from Sinai this slate 11 is the first step? Oh, absolutely. Of anti-Zionism? You, you know, um, Karen, you read my bio. I, I happen yeah. to have sent to you, not, not to like pat myself on the back, but to show you that I've been an activist who's done everything, everything you saw on that bio is things that I've done 1,000% for free of my own time voluntarily. I don't do things just to do it. I do it to succeed. I do it to make a difference. So the fact that I got involved in this campaign is because I felt so passionate about the fact that the other side should not gain any more traction. It's just we're at a state of emergency. We cannot afford it. That's why I've gotten involved. That's why I sound so passionate about what I'm saying, because I mean it. It's authentic from my heart, you know. And I, I do believe that this is the first step that we could take to make a huge impact on the Jewish people. To not only, look, the funds that, that, that the slave that, that, that wins and gets the most delegates, it's not just going to affect Israel. It's going to affect us here in the United States, too. How so, is that? Well, because uh, there's the funds that get um, allocated to agendas for here, for in the States. Yeah, yeah. And will this also help, you know, what's going on on the college campuses? Absolutely. That's one of our points. Um, uh, listen, if you if you expose the BDS for what it really is, which is just, you know, anti uh, is Jewish hate is Jew hatred, then you can slowly but surely help the Jews who are terrified on campus to just look like a Jew. I mean, listen, I was on camp I remember being uh you know, being um in in uh, dialogue with Palestinians and, and, and at times we wanted to bring in like uh, a speaker that was Zionist and we couldn't back then and I'm talking like over 16 years ago, we could not bring, I remember Bibi Netanyahu wanted to come. He was not prime minister. He was, I think, defense minister. He couldn't come because they, they literally, they surrounded our, our whole area, our university, and they started taking chairs and throwing it in the windows and it, we all had to hide upstairs and the security wasn't helping us until the police came. I mean, it's gotten out of hand from back then. What I could tell you is that you know, academia has been taken over. 
by the extreme left, the Saudis, the Qataris, are paying uh, academia to spurn the to put out the, the Jew hatred that they're putting out. And you have a million, by conservative estimates, a million students at, uh, uh, per year being brainwashed by these people that we are apart, that we are uh, promoting apartheid, that we are, you know, hurting the, that we're baby killers, that we're the bad people. And really, the fact of the matter, it's the complete opposite. But they're so good at what they do that they make life miserable for our kids on students. So it's imperative that we really do what we have to do in terms of the WZ, uh, the WZC because that's the first step to fighting all those points, which people should really go on our website, take a look at, you know, what we stand for. We put, we put our money, you know, where our mouth is. We're a newbie organization. And even though we're only a few months old, we've put out videos already which educate people. You know, we have a great video with Nisim Black. We have another one coming up with God right. Alba's. You know, we have great, beautiful videos on Jewish continuity, on exposing BDS, amazing videos that have gotten over 200,000 views, and that's before even launching the campaign. And for those who don't understand, who didn't get enough, you know, of the gist of what we're talking about, they can go on my Instagram at Linda Advocate, and they can view, you know, my IGTVs, which I explain the elections, um, and I take questions, and I always answer. I get, like, at least 60 DMs per day, but you know what? I take the time, and I answer each and every one, and if for some reason I can't answer it on that day, then I'll get to it the next day, but I answer everything, especially when it pertains to the campaign. I'm very, very um, quick to answer because I realize that, you know, if people have a question, I want to clarify it so that they can get to the vote. Um, and, and again, the voting's not online. You could do it while you're sipping coffee in your pajamas. It's easy peasy, you know. So it should. I know it should, what I'm doing once I'm done with this interview. I'm going to I'm back on. Right? You're voting, yeah. and not only are you going to vote, Karen, but you're going to call up 20 friends. You're going to forward. And then you're going to pick up the phone and call five of those 20 and make sure that they actually do it. And that's the way to do it, by the way. It's all about, you know, engaging our family, our friends, our neighbors, just getting the word out, making sure they know how important Because God bless you. I think the majority of people don't know how important this is. And they're also uneducated about who to vote for. I should just vote for anyone on the right. It doesn't make a difference, you know. By the way, there's like one, there's one particular slate which, again, I'm not going to name, but they're, like, their big thing is we're going to help with tuition assistance. Oh, really? You are? There's no committee on tuition assi- assistance. How are you going to do that? You know, That's so. That's a really good point. Right. Yeah, it's right. a very good point because, like, let's say, hypothetically speaking, that they have at most 12 seats, which they don't. How in heaven's name would they create a committee? They can't create a committee. You need like 159 delegates to create a committee, and they're not getting that because it's impossible because it's divided. We already have 66, so it's it's not possible because all there is in America is 159 delegates. You follow me? So it's yeah, just, yeah. is it dishonesty? Is it ignorance? I really don't know, but it but it's uh but it's for sure misinformative to the public to say we're going to help with tuition assistance when they can't you know wow you just gave me so much to not only think about but I'm you have definitely propelled me to make action and not only me but anyone and everyone who's listening to this podcast right now 
I guarantee you will now be so motivated to vote for Slate 11 on the tour from Sinai. Linda, I want to thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Taking the time to be on the show, to educating everybody about the importance of voting and voting right this time for the election, but also to, you know, inspiring people. And your passion is really contagious, I must say. Very, very contagious. And um, we should all be unified and Men. do the right thing. Do the right thing and have Israel as our homeland, as a Jewish state, which is so, so important. So thank you so much. My pleasure. It's really a pleasure to speak with you, Karen. You're incredible. Thank you. So we can find Linda on Instagram at Linda Advocate and also on at Torah from Sinai, right, on Instagram. But you can vote on TorahFromSinai.com. And anything else you want to say, Linda, about that? Make sure to do that. Don't put it off. We don't have a lot of time, and we need to, every vote counts. And, and every the really, single vote counts. Yeah, every vote counts, and just spread the word, engage, you know, make sure that people vote, and don't let up until they voted. You can harass people when it comes to this, because this <laughs> is Pikuach Nefesh, so it's imperative. Pikuach Nefesh. And for those of, you know, the people who are listening and don't understand what Pikuach Nefesh is, can you please explain that? Yeah, it's it's urgent. It's life and death. That's really it's like life or death. And we must we must do this. Wonderful. For our future. Thank you for much. Yeah. Yes, thank you so much, Linda. Guys, you have to vote. It's late eleven. We have we don't have so much time. We have only until March eleventh. So get out there, go vote, slate eleven. Thank you so much, Linda. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review. That would mean so much to me. And I would love to hear your feedback about the show and how I can make this better for you. And if you want to learn more about what I do, you can check out my Instagram page at Soul Train KK. Have a great day.